most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Happy holidays, everybody. Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Night Shift Podcast, where every Friday, Sean Kerner and I, Chris Raybon, speak to everyone out there clocking those late night DFS hours as we break down the Sunday night and Monday night football DFS slates. And also this week, we're going to break down the Saturday Christmas Eve slate. So uh, if you heard Sean and I talking some player projections this week on the Action Pod, welcome back. And if you haven't, be sure to check that out over on the Action Network podcast channel, Sean, how you feeling? What's up? Happy holidays! Happy holidays, man! It's, uh, doesn't it never feels quite like uh, the holidays when it's so warm out here. On the <laughs> but, yeah, are you, hopefully you don't have to travel uh, back east, right? I, I do, I do actually. Oh I'm man, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna wait till Saturday, so I'm gonna try. Oh. To- I'm gonna Bold. try to get everything done and do it that way because yeah, I think it would be more stressful if I was trying to, you know, prepare a day early for this football slate and uh, travel. So yeah, totally. We'll see how that goes, but uh, <laughs> you know, the freaks come out at night. So who do you like for a freak performance in the captain spot on Saturday night football between the Raiders and the Steelers? <laughs> So I'm going with uh, Josh Jacobs here because uh, this, you know, it should be a low scoring game. The weather will be freezing here. I guess it'll be like 10 degrees. Um, the wind won't be too bad, you know, 10 to 15 miles per hour. Probably not enough to impact the passing game, but couple with the, you know, extreme cold. Uh, this is going to be a pretty brutal uh, weather game. So both teams will probably opt for a run heavy game plan. Both these teams are pretty run heavy anyway. And the Raiders, they just have so many mouths to feed now and the passing attack with both Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller back. So I just like going with Josh Jacobs here. We we can bank on him getting 20 to 25 rush attempts um, and maybe a couple receptions. So I think he has the clearest path to a ceiling game on this slate. Yeah, Jacobs, top five running back each and every week. Uh, I'm going to go with Devontae Adams here. I, I think that... Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, people are going to look at the weather and the low total and probably shy away from the passing game. So in tournaments, that's what I'm always kind of looking for, just that little bit of uh, reduced roster ship. And I might get it with Adams compared to Jacobs this week. But Pittsburgh, uh, they play a lot of man coverage, and they are 20th in DVOA against number one receivers. And you look at the last five games, and they've been torched by number one receivers. DJ Moore. Uh, five catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Robinson, five for, for 52. London, six for 95. Pittman, seven for 61. Uh, Higgins, nine for 148. So they're giving up a ton of volume here. Uh, I think Adams gets uh, gets right in this spot. And uh, Pittsburgh also has allowed 16 receiving touchdowns to wide receivers this year, which is the fifth most in the league. So go with Devontae. 
Yeah, he only has he only has seven catches in the past two games, so this is certainly uh, a squeaky wheel situation for him. I bet. Yeah, it's kind of how it's been going with the Raiders. It's kind of yeah. tough to predict them week to week, but things tend to even out with them over the you know three four game stretches. Uh, who do you like for DFS cheat codes, dart throws, uh, and the like? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, okay. I'm more of a you know a cornhole man myself. Yeah, so for the dart throws, I am going to attack uh, the the passing attack for both teams here. And on the Steelers side, got to go with uh, Steven Sims. You know, um, we, we still need to see what happens with Deontay Johnson. He's dealing with turf toe. Uh, but either way, Steven Sims, is he's sneaky here. He's been operating as a clear number three wide receiver, ran around on 65% of dropbacks last week. Only saw two targets, one catch for 10 yards, but... That was with Mitch Trubisky under center. And, you know, with Kenny Pickett under center this year, he's been seeing a target on 17% of his routes run. So I look for him to bounce back here. He also typically gets, you know, one to three rush attempts as well. So he has a pretty high floor ceiling combo for a one game slate. And then on the Raiders side, uh, it's pretty dicey, but I, I'm going with Hunter Renfro. It's kind of crazy that he's a dart throw, but um, he had a quiet return, only one catch for 14 yards last week. He's had a quiet season. Um, so, you know, he saw a route, he, he ran a 59% routes run rate last week. Wouldn't be surprised if that shoots up in the 70, 80% of range, um, this week, he has a pretty good matchup in the slot. Uh, Arthur, uh, Millette has allowed a 72% catch rate. So, you know, Renfro, he's probably going to be overlooked. Um, so I can't imagine his roster ship will to be that high on the one game slate. So I don't mind taking a swing on him, uh, here. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there, like you said, there's not many options, although it's interesting. I think we were talking about Keewen Cole and how he never does anything. I, oh, yeah, <laughs> at the game. And, of course, he goes off for that touchdown. Last well, week. technically, it wasn't a touchdown. but Right, but it, it counts as a touchdown. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I you know, for the for the Raiders, I, I, I still think Mac Hollins uh, has some value here. The – uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, as I mentioned, you know, they play man coverage at, a, at the sixth highest rate. And Holland is second on the team after Adams with 194 uh, yards versus man coverage. Obviously, you know, Renfro and Waller were, were hurt, mm -hmm. but Mac uh, Collins tends to do better against man coverage. That is almost a like double, as doubly as yeah. against man coverage. So, uh, you know, I expect him to, to continue to kind of be on that wide receiver for fringe and real fantasy and uh and come through here and then for the Steelers you know I, I like Steven Sims as well but uh I'll throw out Jalen Warren uh, as another guy mm. because you know you mentioned that you know we could see some weather here Warren's it's kind of like the Rashad White situation in Tampa Bay he's not really overtaking Najee or anything like that but uh you know he gets a little closer in terms of the the snaps out of the backfield in the past game and things like that. And if we get a super run heavy game script, which the Steelers have been running more as yep. of late, uh, you know, we could see maybe 30, 35 design runs and you could get Warren with 12, 12 to 15 touches. So uh, on a one game slate like this against a Raiders defense that has given up 700 yards and six touchdowns for running backs over the past five weeks. Uh, I like, uh, I like much chances with Jalen Warren. Nice. Yeah. I, I was going to ask, can we even consider Matt Collins a dart throw at this point? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I, I just want to mention him because yeah, there's yeah. the Raiders. There's not a lot of guys, you know, a lot of times they're second stringers, whatever you want to call them play zero snaps. That's in, yeah. including a guy like Q and Cole 
Uh, you know, he played about, I think, 27, 28% last week, at least in the passing game, but that could easily bump down to like zero to five. So uh, you got to yeah. go. Yeah. And Hollins, Hollins has a pretty big ceiling and he broke his streak of uh, games where he uh, had a hundred percent route run rate last week. It was only 88%, but a guy like that, that's like a volatile deep threat. If he's getting that much playing time, it actually helps raise his floor. So I've always considered him like a high four ceiling option and certainly always a good play on a showdown slate. Yeah, he's got he's got to catch the ball. Did you see him drop like three balls in a row? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, got to get him those design rush attempts like we saw in person. You know, just get him those jet sweeps. He looked really good in that role, so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a carry or two here. Yeah, I mean, he, he got more carries than Kyron Williams in that game. So, yeah, oh god, <laughs> too soon, way too soon to bring that up. Uh, all right, um, the fullbacks. We got we do have some fullbacks here. Yep. Long pass to the fullback. Got a nice block from the fullback. How many tackles can one man break? Oh, look at the fullback. Down the sideline. Big setup. Rumbling. Touchdown. Like a runaway beer truck down the sideline. Yeah, we're, we're doing our best to, to keep the fullback position alive and thriving. Make fullbacks great again. We got Derek Watt for the Steelers and Jakob Johnson for the uh, Raiders. What do you think of those guys? Uh, those are definitely low tier options. Uh, I don't even know if Watt's done anything this year. And Jakob Johnson, you know, sometimes he could sneak in a catch or two, but like last week his routes run rate was five percent. So these aren't really fullbacks I'm interested in. How about you? I, I think Watt Watt could be interesting. Uh, he does have six carries and oh wow, five targets. He's caught all five of his targets for eleven yards and a touchdown. So he's got eleven touches in. 14 games. I think that's enough for a fullback to mm-hmm. warrant some dart throw, uh, dart throw love here. Uh, I do like, you know, another guy I should mention, but his playing time's kind of been up and down. But Connor Hayward, uh, I thought he was going to kind of emerge here, and 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 then he kind of went back to not doing anything after he caught that touchdown. Uh, yeah. On the day his, you know, on the anniversary of his father Ironhead Hayward's uh, death, but. You know, I think he's a guy to kind of watch out for too. At at any point, I think they might uh, might increase his snaps. So yeah, they've been really weird with their tight end usage uh, at the expense of Firemuth. So yeah, he's been popping off with like close to twenty percent routes run rate at times. So he's sneaky. Also, if Deontay Johnson is held out, like, um, would you be interested in like Miles Boykin potentially? Like, who would step up in that situation? Other than George Pickens, of course. I think. You would get uh, some more Gunner Oshevsky as well. Oh, God. Uh, I don't like either Boykin yeah. or Oshevsky. I think what would happen, I think Sims would probably get a, a larger role. Maybe yeah. Sims had that stretch with the Washington football team when he was kind of like a starting wide receiver. Yeah. He did play some some outside. So I think he would probably get a role. Uh, so he's, he's the guy I would look at just because, as you mentioned, uh, he's been the most active already. Miles Boykin just going to be out there running wind sprints. I mean, if George, if George Pickett's <laughs> yeah. going to put up consistent fantasy production, uh, it's really hard to trust Miles Boykin in that offense. So, uh, yeah, it would it would be Sims for me. How about you? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. I already like Sims, even if Deontay plays. And Sims is their punt and kick returner. So, if you do play him, you know, I would consider stacking him uh, with the Steelers. That's always an option on showdown slates to get the double dip if he gets a return touchdown, but yeah, I would just like Sims even more. Unfortunately, I think his, his roster ship would shoot through the roof. 
uh, if that happens. I'm just hoping Deontay plays and maybe he's a little bit limited, but um, Sims is by far the best play on the Steeler side. Yeah, you know what I think would happen now that I think about it more is they would probably increase the uh, the, the the heavy personnel, go more to tight end. Mm, yeah, you'd see Gentry probably bump up uh, considerably. So he he's actually the guy after Sims. I would probably go Gentry before uh, Boyd yeah. or Gunnar Roshevsky. All right, luck rankings for this one. I I think it's uh, Vegas is 16th, right? And then the Steers are 19th. Luck be a lady tonight. Yep, yeah. So it's, you know, a differential of three. Nothing really to take away from it. Do you have any lean here? Nah, this one, you know, it's the spread is hovering between two and a half and three. The total was pretty low. Uh, it's more of a prop game for me if I if I touch it. At yeah. All. You know, it's it's Tomlin as a favorite. Just nothing I really like in this slate, you know, in this in this kind of game. Uh, it's pretty straightforward to me. Plus, we want to wait for the injury report. Like I said, we got to see what's up with Deontay. Even Najee Harris was hell out of practice. He's dealing with a hip injury, it looks like. So, like, if he can't suit up and Deontay can't suit up, uh, you know, that's going to change my projected line for this game. Yeah, I mean, Deontay, Najee, and who is it? Uh, Edmonds, yep. Austin Hauer, and Ogan Joby didn't practice. A couple of them didn't practice, you know, not even had an injury designation. So I think uh, Deontay and Najee will be fine. It's just, you know, that it's a shorter week, you know, with the with the game on Saturday. So I think they're just kind of getting getting some rest because yep. they play pretty heavy snaps. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money that you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sweeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, let's go to the Sunday Christmas Day slate. And that's a three-game slate. So we'll, we'll kind of run through uh, each position instead of yeah. talking about it from the showdown perspective. But, uh, you know, if you like anybody from specific teams after we finish, we can uh, we can revisit. But uh, let's start at quarterback. Uh, who do you like as as your top play for this three game slate? We have oh, let me just set it up. You got the Green Bay Packers going to Miami to take on the Dolphins in the first game. The spread is around four total, uh, around forty nine. Then the second game in the afternoon is Denver at the Rams, and I really question how many fans are going to be in the stands for that one. <laughs> so far, 
But uh, Denver's favored by a field goal on the road. The total's around 36, so very low uh, projected score there. And then Tampa Bay, Arizona is the nightcap. So that's, the I guess, the traditional Sunday night football. And you got the Bucks favored by eight. The total is around 40 with Trace McSorley getting the start for the cards. Okay, now, who do you like at quarterback? Yeah, so this is a pretty ugly slate at QB so right now uh, I would say Tom Brady sticks out uh, against the Cardinals he's only 6100 um, so he's a decent option at this price you know the Cardinals defense um, has allowed the seventh most fancy points to QBs plus when, whenever you take Brady um, you're gonna have a ton of stacking options so I do like him for that purpose on this slate um, if you want to get crazy I do think Trace McSorley is interesting yep. at 4800 um, he has a ton of rushing upside he could easily you know, rush for 20, 30 plus yards here. Um, so he he has value in that regard. Plus he has DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown at his disposal. So um, he is not a good quarterback. I'm not saying that, but on a three game slate at 4,800, you could certainly do worse. Um, so those are the two guys I'm kind of looking at for, uh, I would say Brady for cash and McSorley is more of a tournament play. Yeah, I like McSorley a lot. I, I think that mm. this Cardinal butt game just has a wide range of outcomes. You know, I think the consensus yeah. seems to be that the Bucks are going to control the game and it'll be low scoring. But, you know, let's say you get a, a turnover or something weird happens and you could just, you could get a lot of back and forth, a lot of play volume, you know, uh, Arizona mm -hmm. both tend to go really fast. So yeah. a lot of different outcomes, I think, in this one. And you add in the running quarterback, you add in the talented pass catchers, uh, on both sides. And I, I do think that this is, uh, you know, kind of the game to stack. Because, mm -hmm. you, you know, most people I think are going to target the Dolphins and the Packers and rightfully so. But I think there's a lot of pivot options in this. Yeah. Game. I love McSorley. And uh, I do like uh, Aaron Rodgers, though. I, I think that uh, he's going to have a good game in this spot. You know, I, I wrote it up. I'll have it out for the uh, the betting preview on Action Network where I talk about it as well. But I just think this Miami defense is a really good matchup for Rodgers. They love to blitz. That's their identity. They really haven't switched it up for anyone. Uh, Rodgers is still a top five quarterback uh, against the blitz. And Miami plays a ton of man coverage. They're kind of in that yep. Giants-Lions uh, tier of defenses that blitz and play a man coverage. And you know it's kind of simple. How do you attack those defenses when you have a quarterback who averaging – about a yard better versus man than zone. And now with Watson healthy, with Lazard here, uh, and, and everyone healthy, they have man beaters. Christian Watson is second among all wide receivers uh, with 4.3 yards per route against man yep. coverage. And Alan Lazard is quietly in the top 25 as well uh, with over two yards per route against man. So you have those two when they play man. And of course, you're still going to get a lot of zone from every defense. And that's where Dobbs comes in. He's he's back healthy and Randall Cobb. And uh, yep. so I think full complement of weapons. Rodgers getting healthier here. And, uh, you know, Green Bay is going to be really motivated. And, we, you know, the Dolphins, I think they're kind of getting figured out a little bit on offense. But hey, even when Tua like, doesn't look good and he's completing like 50% of his passes, he's still going to get like one or two deep shots, touchdowns yeah. to, to Waddle or Hill. So, uh, the Packers are going to have to score in this game, and, and Miami's better against the run as well. They're 11th in run defense yep. DVOA. So uh, I know there could be some maybe some drizzles or something, so so check the weather, but I don't think it'll be too much of a factor 
But uh, yeah, I do like Rogers. He's popping for me in terms of a value at uh, at fifty nine hundred. All right, let's go to running back. Who do you like? Yeah, so running back, I think the sweet spot is the uh, Latavius Murray at fifty six hundred and Cam Akers at fifty two hundred. They're both in the same game, uh, and they both should see pretty big workloads in what should be a low scoring close game. Um, you know, both team I could see both teams just leaning on the run game here. Uh, Acres to my disbelief has just been the lead back to close out the season. I have admitted that. Uh, so now that I'm investing on him here, watch Kyron Williams go off. But I, I do think, you know, he's going to continue to dominate the short yardage work. He actually looked pretty good as a pass catching back last week too. So uh, both of these backs are workhorse backs. You know, I love Murray. He's, he's a high end RB two for me. Although I will say chase Edmonds, um, you know, he returned to practice. So it's unclear if he's going to return to action this week. Keep an eye on the uh, inactive uh, list. If Edmonds is active, I will bump down Murray a bit. But still, at this price point, at 5,600, I would still like him even if Edmonds returns. But I'm guessing Edmonds is held out for one more week. So I think this is sort of the sweet spot um, in this range. Also, Raheem Moser, you know, he's 5,900. We'll have to see what's up with Jeff Wilson. But uh, the Packers are definitely a run funnel defense. So I wouldn't be surprised if Moser broke off, you know, a couple big runs here. So I just think... On this slate, that's the range I'm kind of keying in on. Yeah, I'm I'm going the same way. And I had it written down in my notes. Murray and Akers are likely to be the most popular at 52 to 5,600. So yeah. I actually like the two guys in between them. Give me some Rashad White. Uh, again, this game, Tampa Bay might finally have a positive <laughs> game script. For maybe. Maybe they won't, but they might because they're going, you know, it's Brady against Trace McSorley. They just might have a positive game script. And if they do, I think they're going to want to see the kid white. I think they're going to uh, – It's gonna, you know how every uh, every rookie has that one game where they just get, get fed and, you know, he might go back to normal the week after. But I think this could be that game for him against this, you know, Cardinal defense that has really been struggling in a game that they – it just may – this game just may be different than a lot of Tampa Bay games is what I'm, I'm getting at. So uh, I'm really interested in investing in, in those guys and white. You know, has uh, more carries than Leonard Fournette over the past couple of weeks. Fournette's still running more routes, but that could easily change if Tampa Bay is in a positive game script, you know. So I I think White is a guy I'm trying to get ahead of and, uh, you know, get him before he goes off again. Because I know people were high on him last few weeks, but um, I I think uh, now is the time to jump on him when he probably will be one of the lower roster guys uh, in this range. And then uh, I like Jeff Wilson as well i think he's going to be way overlooked and obviously this is for tournaments but i think he's going to be way overlooked because Mostert got the long run last week and put up a bunch of yards uh and as you mentioned murray definitely a cash option acres is a cash option and then i think rashad white is even probably sexier you know people are going to pick him over wilson as well so they're just pretty much everyone in this range uh is going to be rostered before jeff wilson but remember Mike McDaniel is kind of like Shanahan with these running backs. We yeah, you don't <laughs> really know what you're going to get. I mean, uh, I think we were talking on this pod. Like, I was like, yeah, you know, when Gaskin's been active, he's been playing over Ahmed. So, of course, Ahmed just waltzes into the end zone, gets all the, <laughs> all the snaps. You can, just can never predict what's going to happen with this Shanahan offense. And, uh, I mm-hmm. mean, with this McDaniel offense. And he actually was quoted as saying that Wilson was close last week, but they held mm-hmm. him out. So, that – might tell me that okay they held him out now he might be rearing a go he may start the game if he's active for the uh for the Dolphins and remember we've seen Wilson 
act as the number one back over most. And it kind of came out of nowhere uh, when it happened the first time, too. So uh, against this Packer D that is uh, 31st in DVOA against the run, I, I really like Jeff Wilson. I think he has a ton of upside, especially with this high total game. It's a uh, sneaky, sneaky multi-touchdown upside here for uh, for Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah, I mean, he McDaniel is a Shanahan disciple, so it kind of comes with the territory. But I, I do like the Rashad White call. And, you know, earlier in the week, I was commenting that his routes run rate um, hit a lo- the lowest routes run rate he's had since week nine, mm-hmm. uh, 30%. But, you know, when I looked at it, he he dominated uh, third down work. Yeah. And it was Fournette who handled every two-minute offense snap. And that was, you know, in a trailing game script. You know, yeah. they're just out there running the hurry-up offense. So, yeah. I do think that if it is a closer game or, you know, a leading game script, White's routes run rate could go back up to 50%. So that last week, it was basically the trailing game script led to that. So I do agree that he could bounce back here with a big game. All right, let's go to wide receiver. Who do you like? Oh, got to go with Christian Watson here. I mean, he's 6K. You already talked about it. I, I don't have to look at that line. I bet you have him there too. But oh, yeah. uh, Miami, <laughs> you know, they play man at the second highest rate. He's torched man, 4.3 yards per route run. Um, and he failed to find the end zone last week. But if he had just been looking at Aaron Rodgers on that signal, yeah. who knows? Maybe he could have scored. So he scored eight touchdowns in the pre- previous four games. So I think he'll pick up uh, that pace here. So he's a, he's a no-brainer play at 6K. Um, and then uh, got to go Tutu Atwell at 3,600. He only caught one pass for 10 yards last week. The whole Rams passing attack was just awful last week. Uh, but he ran around on 80 89% of Baker's dropbacks. Should be able to maintain o- over an 80% routes run rate the rest of the season with Ben Skronik uh, out for the season. So he's probably only going to see an increase in target share as well. Denver plays zone at the fourth highest rate, and Atwell's been better against zone this year. 3.24 yards per route run against zone. So he's he's a no-brainer play at this price. I'm assuming his roster ship will be pretty high, but I don't care. He just has a, a massive floor ceiling combo for a guy this cheap on a three-game slate. Yeah, I love Tutu Atwell. I think you know, I was disappointed that he didn't do more with his massive yeah. usage because you know, that's what we're trying to predict first and foremost is a guy who's going to get usage. And he got his highest usage of the season – uh, was out there almost every snap and just uh, they got nothing. So, I mean, obviously, I do think it's a worrisome matchup. Denver is the best pass defense yeah. in the league. Uh, but, you know, we've kind of witnessed it firsthand. This this Ram team kind of comes alive at home, even with all these these guys. So maybe Baker has a, a you know, a, a something left in him. I and Tutu was balling in, in that home game. I think he caught five, five catches for 50, I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, against the Raiders. So, I, I do like that that tutu call, but I am so nervous uh, about. It. And I also worry, you know, because if he turns into a full time receiver, I mean, what would you, what would the odds be of him getting an in game injury? It has to be higher than usual. Oh, geez, pounds, right? I mean, yeah, all the Rams are getting hurt, so I, yeah, I, I do worry about that. But I love the upside uh, of tutu. I mean, he's getting he gets a ton of targets and uh, targeted deep down the field as well rushing attempts all that stuff so uh really do like him and you think his roster ship will be pretty high because i mean no, probably not not after oh, probably not because you yeah know, true you know, they don't list uh you know snap percentage on the, yeah. the game logs I, at least right i don't yeah no they don't so I, you're not gonna you're gonna look at his game log and be like okay he had a good game two weeks ago but he kind of came back down to earth and a lot of people aren't going to realize especially if they're not with you know reading dfs content or listening to pod like this they're not going to realize that he was out there 90% of the time 
uh, last yep. year. So I don't think it'll be super high. I think people are just going to uh, pay up a little more, or they'll probably go. There'll probably be a lot of Tua, and uh, I think Sherfield is thirty. Yeah, Sherfield's sir, he's four hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah. So I think he will be the chalk. Uh, you're never gonna guess the guy I got uh, that I'm gonna talk about for uh, my dart throw. But uh, um, yeah, wh- what team? Uh, is that gonna give it away? Probably maybe not even. But I, I still think you should. If I give it, away, it might give it away. So I'll give you one guess. Just still only Russell six- Gage. Ooh, that was that's that's a good one. I, I do like Russell Gage. <laughs> Um, but you know, there's uh, it's Julio officially out now, right? I think he's still questionable. Um, yeah, yeah, he uh, I'm projecting him for like 40 percent routes run rate, yeah, yes. Yeah, so but who do you Brandon Johnson? No, it's even now I'm just spitting, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Robbie Anderson, oh boy, Again, yeah. I just, I just think <laughs> this, this game is going to be so weird and odd and different from like both of these teams normal scripts throughout the year because they're you know for the bucks it's just like you have it finally have a chance to have another positive game script after you know what a month maybe almost feels like and and for the cardinals you got a third string quarterback here but uh, as i talked about on convince me last week when i I hammered the uh, aj green under uh, robbie anderson is starting to see uh, a little bit of an uptick in his his usage at the expense of aj green who uh, has a median of six receiving yards this season. Now, Anderson hasn't been very productive either with the Cardinals, but I do think this is the right time to target him. And here's why. Last week, uh, in that you know disaster of a game, he didn't catch a pass, but his routes run did spike to 43%, uh, again, at the expense of Green, who usually Green is up at like 65-70. Uh, but, you know, Anderson almost drew even with him. But... He led the Cardinals in air yard market share. He had 29% of the air yards. He had 76 air yards and no real yards. So, you know, if he just catches one of those passes, uh, that's a lot of fantasy points. Could be a touchdown. And, uh, I mean, at this point, you have a lost season. Why not just let McSorley just fling it to the guy you traded for and see if he can, you know, make pad some stats before the uh before the season ends and again this bucks team their offense is in a good spot this cardinal defense has been struggling so uh there could just be extended garbage time at the end of this one but and and if if that's the case then anderson he would get on the field either way even if he still is the you know behind green he would get on the field in that situation so just a lot of ways i think that robbie anderson it, it sounds crazy but we're talking dart throws here we're trying to get guys that you know can win you the slate and I think Robbie Anderson is that guy that no one's going to want to roster. No one, people probably forgot he exists, to be honest with you. But I was watching that game. <laughs> I, I saw the air yards. I, I have it down here. And uh, yeah, uh, Robbie Anderson, man, min price. Let's, let's see. Let's yep. See what got, gotta love, gotta love the air yards. And they, they were, um, one was a 38 yard pass yeah. downfield, the other was 30. So it was two gigantic. Yep. Uh, area were both from McCoy though, or like was one from McCoy? Well, how'd that break down? Did McSorley I, target him for one of those? I that's, that's my that's question. Good question. Because <laughs> that does matter. I think he might have to, but I'm I might just be uh hazy. So let me actually look it up. So McSorley played most of the second half, right? Let me just look at the uh he splits. Played. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. It, I I forget when exactly McCoy. He saw play. so Robbie saw all those air yards in the second half. So, yeah, but it was McCoy. 
Oh no, McSorley. Yeah, the second one was on third and eight, and it was yeah. So it was a third down play. I remember this one actually. Yeah, it was early in the fourth quarter. Uh, he took a deep shot down the left sideline uh, for Robbie, and it just you know what couldn't quite connect there, and it, it was from the mm -hmm. four yard line. So uh, it would have been a ninety six yard touchdown. If you thought. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, I'll I'll take that every day at Memphis. Well, that's the that's the Robbie Anderson experience. Oh, absolutely. Always has been, always will be. Just don't get too down on him because that's when he'll just screw you. Yes, up. exactly. <laughs> One time all year he'll uh he'll produce. Yep. Yeah, I'm calling it. Big week from Robbie Anderson and Gabe Davis. Let's go. Oh yeah, I mean, they're actually you asked me if there's weather, and now it turns out there is probably weather in that game. So yeah, there is. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's I feel like. You know, this is not the Saints Browns. Like, the, the total is still a whole touchdown higher. Mm -hmm. uh, it kind of feels more like that Dolphins game where the books are just lowering the total uh, in anticipation, but also because everyone wants to bet the under this time of year. And, you know, with all these weather games, yep. it's like everyone likes the overall all, all the other times, but all of a sudden everyone's like, ah, oh, under. This, this. So <laughs> I think the books are kind of inflate or what's the opposite of inflating? Deflating. Deflating. Some of these totals. Uh, this is, you know, I could be wrong, but that's just kind of my take on it. Uh, all right, let's finish up this slate with tight end. Who do you like on the three game? Yeah, I mean, this is just a garbage tight end slate. So Greg Dulcich sticks out like a sore thumb. Uh, he's the clear top play. He's 3,900. Uh, Rams play the most zone in the league. He's been much better against zone, um, nearly a whole yard higher per route run against zone. But, you know, I'm going to have to go uh, with our traditional attack, the Cardinals, against tight ends here and go with Cam Brake at 2,900. I think he could be sneaky here. Um, you know, the Cardinals have allowed the most fancy points and touchdowns to tight ends. So we're really just trying to get a touchdown from Brake here. Um, and I would imagine Brake's roster ship is going to be pretty low here, probably even lower than Kate Otten. Um, you know, week 14 was the only time I think where Brake was active and Otten um, ran more routes than him. Last week, Brake just barely outsqueaked uh, Otten in routes run. So, um, I, I think they do prefer Bray to be the main pass catching tight end. So while it isn't sexy, this this entire slate um, is pretty brutal. So I'm going to just have to go with Bray here and attack uh, the Cardinals defense that has really struggled against tight ends this season. Yeah, uh, until the, you know, like Greg Dulcich kind of broke this. I know Tomlinson did did his thing and got the got had a big game. <laughs> That's supposed to be Dulcich. God damn it! Did they? They almost got Sauber a touchdown too. I know. Uh, yeah, I think Albert O almost got a touchdown from the uh, inactive list as well. But yeah, Tomlinson has really long hair too, so I got excited. I thought that was Dulcich initially. Oh, it looked like him, and then I'm like, oh, cr number eighty seven, go figure. Oh. So yeah, they've been yeah. tilting. Um, yeah, so I I actually I think. That Dulcich play is a good call because I was thinking about it too. I was like, you know, with the ability to now target the Cardinals with two tight ends on the Bucks, I think everyone's going to kind of be fed up with Dulcich. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he's probably going to have lower roster ship than you would think for mm. and, uh, uh Higby got a touchdown last week. So I think he'll be popular as well. But uh, a couple of guys that I like uh, outside of the guys you mentioned are – Mike Gusecki, because I just heard Josh McDaniel say, uh, I haven't gotten him the ball enough. Need to need to get him the ball more. So I don't know what that means. That maybe he'll get one catch instead of none or something. But uh, this is a three-game slate, and I'm already rocking yeah. Bobby Anderson, so I just got to shoot for the moon. <laughs> well, um, he might be the most talented tight end on the slate, too, for yeah. being real. 
Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and I, oh, he did get one catch last week for five yards. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> that was his first catch in four weeks, although he did have targets each of those uh, other three, just didn't get a catch. But, yeah, Gesicki, I, I think, you know, as you mentioned, does have some talent, has caught a has caught four touchdowns on 25 uh, receptions this year. So about a 16% chance, if he catches a pass, that it's a touchdown. Now that's 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 not bad. You know that's not bad. Yeah. The Packers are 25th in DVOA against tight end, and uh, you know they do. The Packers do blitz a lot too. So I still think you're going to see a lot of Durham Smythe. But uh, you know McDaniel says he wants to get. I mean it's kind of out of the blue to just say that. So uh, I'm at least paying attention on on a slate. Mm-hmm. Is and the other guy is. I'm actually surprised you didn't bring him up. A Trey McBride for the. <laughs> Cardinals, I know you noticed him kind of up, get seeing a little uptick in his, you know, mm-hmm. finally getting some catch, some targets and some catches after I think we talked about the first couple uh, of games where he was the the starter. He didn't really give you anything, and he was we were kind of worried about him. Like, okay, he was a talented guy. Like, when is he going to kind of show up? But again, to this point, uh, the Cardinals games, everything's kind of going backwards now. So McBride last <laughs> couple of games has caught a handful of balls. In each, he had uh, actually three catches two weeks ago and then four catches for 55 yards last week. And he played uh, 86% of the snaps overall, which was his highest since the mm-hmm. game that Ertz got hurt. So he's playing on pass snaps. He's playing on run snaps. He's just kind of operating as that true Zach Ertz every down, every snap yep. tight end. So uh, I think you – know, I probably will have more McBride rostership than Otten and, and Bray just because I think those guys are, are going to be the chalk uh, with everyone kind of knowing that the, uh, that, the, that the Cardinals stink against tight ends. But uh, yeah, McBride has quietly has uh, three or three to four catches in, in three of the last four games. So uh, there's a little bit of upside here, a little bit of upside. Oh yeah. No, I, I love McBride, you know, Love the talent, but I think all of his catches last week were with Colt McCoy. And then when McSorley came in, it was chucking it deep to Robbie Anderson. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, that's that's one thing. I mean, because you know McSorley's going to want to scramble uh, yeah. a lot more than McCoy, so that that could mean less dump offs to McBride. But yeah, on a slate like this, definitely like the idea of at least investing in talent. Uh, you know, McBride and Gasecki are probably the two most talented tight ends on this slate. So. Uh, you can't go wrong with really anybody uh, on this site because they're all kind of like subpar. Yeah, and I'm looking at it now, and uh, Mc, McSorley actually connected with he hit for 29 two yarder. Longest, it's two longest plays. A yeah, 14, a 14 and a 29. So it, he, McCoy was just giving him that four and eight yard stuff. We don't want that. We want, we want <laughs> true. We want to, to average 21 and a half yards per catch like we're doing with Trace. So yeah, it's the Trace Robbie Anderson. Trey McBride stack, fight me. That is that is how this slate is going to be won because those could be yeah. the fourth and fifth guys uh, in the target. Like, but they they'd be on the field. Like, if Robbie can overtake Green or just even draw even, he could be the number three receiver, and then McBride would be the tight end, and then everyone would have Hopkins, Brown, and Connor rostered a lot higher. Right. But exactly. they'd all be, you know, they they'd all be kind of uh, cannibalizing each other. So yeah, I I love the idea of that. Massive massive leverage play there. Yeah. Yep. Let's uh let's talk about some defense real quick, just because it's it is I, I do think it's interesting uh on the three game slate. Just uh what are you what are you who's your top defense for? The- oh god, <laughs> really mixing it up this week. Let me see. 
Um, I mean, you gotta you gotta pick a defense. So uh yeah, that is true. <laughs> gotta pick a defense here. Gotta pick a defense. Let's see. So I have I mean the Broncos are the top defense, but probably in terms of price. Um I mean, Buc- we're talking about McSorley chucking it deep. So the Buccaneers would be in play. There's some turnover potential there. Um, the Rams are in play against Russell Wilson. But, um, yeah, in terms of pricing, it's it's pretty well-priced. Uh, I would say the best bang for your buck would probably be the Broncos defense against Baker. What do you got? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think all of them are in play. Uh I actually like the Packers defense at, at the cheapest. I think yeah, they're the cheapest. Yeah, but I, I do think that they have some kind of un unrealized upside here because remember the last four weeks, this Dolphin offense has been it's it hasn't been its usual self that it, it, it hasn't been as efficient and two is completing just fifty three percent of his passes and you know this started before you know they played the I know they played the Niners and the Bills and you know those are good defenses but. This started against Houston. So, like, this was going back that this they started to struggle. And, I, of course, Houston plays a lot of zone, and so does Green Bay. So, uh, you know, with a guy completing – with a guy incompleting 47% of his passes, and that obviously could regress to the mean, but it's been – you know, it hasn't really gotten above 60 after mm-hmm. usually like 70-plus uh, all year. Uh, that That's a lot of chances for an interception or something good to happen like that. Uh, also, I just – I think, too, is a little – He's a little jumpy in the pocket these days. I think he could. I think he could sack him here. And uh, you know, if the Packers have success on offense, which is also possible against this Dolphins D, which against any kind of good, decent offense that didn't have a backup quarterback, this Dolphins defense has gotten torched. Uh, you could get a, a a bunch of just pin your ear back, pin your ears back, and, mm-hmm. and attack. So this Packer D blitzes at the uh, top, at a top five rate. Uh, as well, just like the the Dolphins, are, I think are sevens. I think the Packers actually blitz more than the Dolphins, so they're the kind of my kind of under the radar play uh, at defense. And uh, you know, I, sometimes the cheapest defense is chalky just because it's the cheapest. But I right. don't think it will be this week because literally almost every you can make a case for almost every other defense, yeah, uh, except the Packers. And I think everyone's like, oh man, Tua, you know, Tyreek, no one's gonna want to play him. But uh, yeah, I, I think they have a, a good shot here to, to get some fancy points. All right, uh, yeah, what, what do we got for luck? So the, the only game um, that has a differential of more than 10 is this Packers-Dolphins game. Um, the Dolphins have been the ninth luckiest team, and the Packers have been the fifth unluckiest team. So actually, I, I do like the Packers. Uh, you know, they were plus four and a half. I think it's down to plus four, maybe some spots. It's like three and a half. So I think the Sharps are on the Packers as well. Yeah, I, t- I told you you should follow me in the app, dude. I I, I got the Packers of four. I do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I did. I, I that was uh, it's actually my first yeah. pick on uh on the Action Network podcast. Oh, nice, Ducky. So, uh, and I believe he said if I didn't pick it, he would have picked it. So yeah, we all. All right. We are all I on think, board. <laughs> I think everybody at Action actually is on Green Bay here. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a good spot for the Packers. I haven't I haven't yeah. backed them too much. Probably faded them more. That backed them this year, but uh, you know, just looking into the matchup, and again, I'll have some yep. out that action. But uh, I do think, uh, I do think this Packers, th- their offense is set up well, and I think their defense uh, is set up well, uh, just in terms of their scheme and how it matches up with, with the Dolphins' offense. So, uh, looking at looking forward to that. But let's finish it out with the Monday night game, and we we still have a Monday night game, even though we have the Saturday, we have the Sunday. 
Uh, we do have a Monday night game. It is the Chargers going to. I mean, I don't even know what you got. What you the, want to the crime crimes? Yeah, oh no, it was not, in it was in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the. I mean, it's. I I'm, I'm really interested to see how the uh, fans respond. You know, because obviously everyone loved Saturday at the after they got that first win, but it's been all downhill, and then they blow the big. Uh, lead in Minnesota. So, uh, you know, this is, it's odd. The, the spread is right around four, uh, which I, I get because you can't really give the Chargers points anywhere. <laughs> it doesn't even matter if they're home because yeah. they don't have really a home field either. But uh, this Chargers team pretty much wins by three. So, with that being said, you know, I do think that there are some options here uh, on the Colts. But uh, who do you like for the captain spot? Yeah. So, I like uh, Austin Eckler here. Just the Chargers have a ton of options now with, both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back and healthy. Uh, so I think this is a good Austin Eckler spot. The Colts have allowed the six most fancy points to, to running backs, and they've struggled against pass catching backs specifically. They've allowed the fifth most receiving yards to running backs. So, um, and Eckler, he missed out on a goal line score last week. He was in the medical tent uh, when Josh Kelly had his one yard touchdown plunge. So he could have had a two touchdown game. Just a missed opportunity there. But Eckler, I think he has the clearest path on this slate to having a ceiling game. He could be chalky in the captain slot, but I don't care. I think he's uh the top play in this in this slate. Yeah, I'm I'm you know if, if it wasn't for uh like Henry is just in that you know a great spot as a as a home favorite but like Austin Eckler I am really tempted to rank him running back one this week. I, I think oh really wow. I, I'm I I because you know you look at his kind of consistency this year and I think that's where he does have a leg up on even a guy like Derrick Henry. Austin Eckler mm. has scored a touchdown in nine of his 14 games. But get this, he scored multiple touchdowns in four games. Like, that is very, very <laughs> consistent, high upside production. When you're talking about, uh, you know, 29% of the time, essentially 30% of the time, this guy is getting you two touchdowns in addition to all of the catches and yards and all that stuff. So, uh, really like Eckler. I, I'm totally on board with what, you, what you're saying about this this Colts defense. You, you know what they're going to do. They're going to line up and play a lot of zone. And they've given up, just in the last two weeks alone, 422 scrimmage yards and six touchdowns to running backs. In the last two weeks alone. Yep. Cook had, like, uh, like, I don't know what you call it, like the Yardagami. He had 95, <laughs> he had 95 <laughs> r- rushing yards and 95 receiving yards. Like, wow, that is a yardagami. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that before. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, Austin Eckler really like his spot this week, and uh, I think he has another great game. And uh, hopefully, he can get uh, get get the double dip, multiple touchdowns again. But uh, who do you like for uh, dart throws? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Um, so on the uh, the the cold side, I got to go with Alec Pierce. Um, he's coming off a zero catch game. But uh, he had a season high 92% routes run rate. So similar to Tutu Atwell, I, I don't think people are going to be aware that his usage actually went up. Um, and, you know, that that might have been due just the Colts had such a huge lead for most of the game. They probably just didn't want to take deep shots uh, to Alec Pierce. Maybe they should in hindsight. But um, Nick Foles, he really doesn't have chemistry with anybody on this offense. He's admitted that he hasn't had much practice time with the starting offense. So, this could shake up the the target pecking order quite a bit, which 
would only benefit a guy like Pierce, who's typically the number three or number four target. So um, I like his upside um, on, on this slate with the the new the quarterback change. Um, he could have a ceiling game here. He he always has a pretty high ceiling. Um, you know, he's a pretty good deep threat. Um, this could be a game where he goes off. Um, and on the Chargers side, not many dart throws to to choose from, but got to go Donald Parham here. He uh, he returned to action last week. He ran a 22% routes run rate. Um, typically with that usage, you know, he, he could see one or two receptions on average, but more importantly, the, the Chargers always love using him in the red zone, just thanks to, thanks to his massive six foot eight, 240 pound frame. Um, so he's always good for a, a sneaky vulture touchdown on these showdown slates. So uh, I love going with Parham. He's, he's missed like, you know, 90% of the season. So we haven't seen him much, but he seems fully healthy now. So this is the perfect time uh, to take a flyer on him. Yeah. I think he, uh, he caught a ball or two last week. I remember seeing yeah. him the first down sign and kind of saying like, I'm back. So, uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, uh, I don't remember how many balls he caught, but yeah, he's, I would think he's only going to get more involved. He got yeah. Three for 35 last week. That's very good considering he was just coming back. And then the game he went down, he had three for 53. So he's actually had three, three catches in each of his last two games. And he's only played in three and one of them, he got hurt. So, uh, but lock him in for three catches over two and a half on his prop or, or probably over one and a half. <laughs> yeah. He's like a chicken Kwanku yeah. type of guy, not running as many routes, but uh, seeing massive usage when he is on the field. Yeah, good to see him get back too, because uh, my memory mm-hmm. had a scary injury last last yep. year where he was like shaking on the ground. So good to see him back. Uh, I like Josh Kelly again this week. I, I you know mm. again, this coach defense has just been getting massacred by <laughs> opposing running backs, and you know I, I went to that Chargers Dolphins game a couple weeks ago, and the guy that really stood out to me was Josh Kelly. Like you know when you're in person <laughs> and things kind of look different. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I'm watching all these stars, and obviously Tyreek looks great, but, you know, watching Eckler, Keenan Allen, and they're, they're doing their thing. Everyone's uh, taking care of business, but the guy who really kind of jumped off the field uh, as I was watching it and, and was able to make some cuts and make guys mitts and, and really the guy that makes you go, oh, in the crowd when <laughs> he has the ball is uh, yeah. Josh Kelly. So, nice. yeah, he's another guy that I think, you know, even though he got the touchdown – People are probably going to, like you said, look at it and say, oh, well, it was just Eckler was on, you know, in the medical tent at the moment. But Kelly has been quietly mixing in and really taking a stranglehold of that number two back role. Uh, We haven't seen Isaiah Spiller on the field in since uh, three weeks, four weeks ago now. So it's been all Kelly behind Eckler and Eckler sometimes will get, you know, up to 75, 80%, but sometimes it'll go down to, you know, 20, 30% uh, for his, uh, for his carries. So uh, I think you could always get a a good, uh, a good amount of carries from a good amount of carry upside from Kelly. Mm -hmm. And when you look at his scoring usage, he's got five red zone carries in the last couple of games. So, uh, you know, I do think, and we've, we've seen him kind of start mixing in uh, when they get in the, in the red zone. Like it's not always Eckler by default anymore. So, uh, obviously, Eckler's great at scoring touchdowns. That got four multi-touchdown games, but uh, I do think that Kelly has some nice touchdown equity uh, on this kind of slate, one-game slate as well. And of course, he could be leverage on Eckler because yep. everyone in the mama is going is to be rostering <laughs> Austin Eckler. So if he gets banged up again, or, or, or they, you know, they're they're up they're up late in the game and they want to take him out, 
you're going to have a lot of upside with with Kelly, so love him. And then uh, I do love Pierce as well. He's another guy who had a ton of air yards last mm. week. Uh, but in general, he's had thirty a 31% air yard market share since Park Frazier, Parks Frazier took over, uh, you know, along with Jeff Saturday uh, for that offense. And uh, he, he's also very good at man coverage. But I also mention Ashton Doolin because mm-hmm. he is actually the Colts leader in yards per route against man coverage at 2.3 Pierce is at 1.8. Now Gulen hasn't run as many routes, but they did, you know, take the time to activate him from injury reserve. And then they, they started making Mike, they waved TQQT and then made Mike Strawn inactive. So Gulen is that number four wide receiver. He did get a carry last week as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I think you can get, uh, you might get a little, uh, a, a chance at a, a touchdown, like one catch, two catches uh, for like 25 yards and a touchdown from Ashton Doolin if he gets the right uh, look in single coverage here. Uh, and remember, Nick Foles, if there's anyone he's practiced with, it's got to be Ashton <laughs> Doolin, right? True. Uh, out of all these yeah. guys. So uh, along with the, uh, the backup, like I think Jelani Woods, uh, you know, obligatory mention each and every week. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think uh, I think he's the guy that's going to uh, have another blow-up game before this year is done. Uh, so – also like him over uh, Cox and uh, Granson is, is cool. So I think he's on the upswing, but um, yeah, like Woods and uh, uh, where, where, where have you kind of landed with this running back situation before we get out of here this, for the charge? Well, didn't they, 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 they just said that Deion Jackson's starting, right? Yeah, I saw yeah. something about that. Um, I mean, just looking at the usage last week, Zach Moss was the clear lead back. You know, we said he, he dominated early down work. Even dominated third down work, which is very surprising. Dominated goal line work, although he did have that negative five-yard run on the goal line. But I don't know if that had to do with the Colts just having a massive lead. He is the kind of back that you'd have in there with a massive lead. Um, So if this is going to be a trailing game script, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Deion Jackson actually leads the way in third down usage and is the main back in the two-minute offense. I mean, he looked really good. Remember, I was calling him Marshall Falk when he was starting for Jonathan Taylor. So it could flip here. But so if we're just going based off of last week's usage, Moss is the no-brainer play. But it does seem like Deion Jackson might end up being the better back this week. It's very murky. I wouldn't want to be relying on this. Um, But in tournaments, I think Deion might have the most upside uh, just because he has the clearest path to hitting there through his, you know, receiving usage. Right, and uh, we we do expect Jordan Wilkins to mix in as well, right? Yeah, uh, when he and he would he would more take the Zach Moss work, right? Like he he's more of a short yards back. He can he's versatile though, but yeah, he can, they like him in the past game as well. Uh, his first yeah. game active, he played on thirty one percent of the pa- of he ran around on thirty one percent of the dropback. So uh, he is yeah. that they he can do it all. So he's kind of the wild card in a larger field tournament. I probably would go highest on Wilkins just because I think he'd have the lowest roster ship. And with an uncertain situation like this, where, you know, he had one guy dominate the usage last week. You had another guy that the coaches are talking up, but you have this other guy that yeah. he's been, uh, he's averaged, he's only played two games, but 18% of the routes and 14% of the carries uh, of the design runs in, yeah. in two games that he's been active. So when he's active, he gets more usage than your typical uh, third running back. Who's getting like one, one carry and maybe one or two routes. If that uh, he's, he's getting a couple of uh, he's getting like a driver too, I guess is, is what I'm saying. So, yeah, totally. And yeah. yeah. Like when it comes to traditional fancy, it's between 
um, Dion and yeah, Moss. Absolutely. But for a one-game slate, um, Wilkins is definitely in play. And the only reason he didn't have touches last week is because he was inactive. So if he was active last week, he could have mixed in just as much. Uh, we don't know, but he has, when Taylor has been out, he's mixed in quite a bit. So he could make this even murkier. And yeah, I mean, he's going to be super cheap, super low owned. So he's definitely a good dart throw on the slate. Yeah. And then like with, the, you know, Jackson and Wilkins, you know, Parks Frazier was on the Colts with Frank Wright. You know, he, he just wasn't in his current role, but like, wasn't yeah. he on the, he was, he was, he was doing something for the team, right? Like before, uh, before Saturday got here. Yeah. Let me see. Let me make sure. Because I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an offensive was. quality control coach. Yeah, and then he was assistant QB coach. And then. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah. So, yeah. this QB see, room. Yeah. So, it's not like, you know, whatever we, you know, if, if you know, this is a new situation. And it's like, oh, like he's, you know, he's never had to kind of dictate who plays out of Jackson and Wilkins. Like, no, like he was on, he was a part of the, uh, he was an offensive coach earlier in the year when these guys were playing. So, yeah, uh, I do like both of those guys uh quite a bit uh did like moss early in the week but yeah after after mm-hmm. if, they're, if they're saying that uh it's going to be somebody else then that's that that updates we have to go with it yeah, yeah. exactly can't fight it uh I mean, at least it's not sean mcveigh because when he says something then that's when you just oh my god yeah well i just know that from dealing with him in preseason he's a nightmare in preseason so he's treating the rest of the season like he does preseason so he's he's just a nightmare in of itself uh, if he's doing that, then that should be good for uh, our boy Tutu Atwell. Because there was this one preseason game. <laughs> if I can pull it up, uh, he had like he had like ten targets or something like that in this preseason game. It was just like the, and I think that was the year he got hurt. It must have been last year. And then like, he just didn't do anything ever again. Well, he was a rookie last year. It had to be last yeah, year. Yeah, had to be last year. Yeah. Uh, let's <laughs> see, where was it? Yeah. Okay. So in the second and third preseason game of 2021, the second game. Uh, 13 targets, eight catches, 46 yards. And then the game after that uh, against Denver, who they're playing this week, uh, 12 catch, uh, 12 targets, eight catches, 62 yards. So uh, <laughs> he played a combined 101 snaps across those two games. So, yep. and he already had his Vegas game a couple of weeks ago. So this is the uh, six catch Denver game coming up. Exactly. Book it. Book it. Uh, Xander Horvath. Do we like him at all this week? Uh, I know we talk about him every week. Yeah, but he hasn't done anything since week one, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like they used it. It was a sneaky touch on week one, and then that's it. They uh, they he used got one up. More. He got one more. He got one more. In week two, right? Uh, When was it? Yeah, weeks yeah, one and two, he had a touchdown, a receiving touchdown. Nothing since. Yeah, but I four, I mean, four or five touches since for like seven yards. Yeah, I mean, but the fact that he has two touchdowns, I think still puts him on the radar at least in like, yeah, but uh, the Colts, I mean, they have that fourth tight end. Now I don't know if he's a fullback or not, but (laughs) Nicola. Oh God. Uh, You know, don't, 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 uh, don't sleep on Nicola clinic. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Hope it's right. But uh, yeah. Uh, The, uh, Oh, Oh, luck rankings for the Colts game. Yeah. This is, this is a luck ranking game. Lucky. So the chargers are middle of the pack. They rank 15th, uh, but the Colts are 29th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the third unluckiest. I don't know if you can consider last week uh, unlucky. I don't know what that was. I, mean, um, I, I, covered, I covered with the Colts. It was a great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a one score loss. So the, those usually, um, you know, are a bad thing when it comes to the luck rankings. But yeah, uh, I, I I would say the the Colts are probably the way to go here. 
Because like you said, the Chargers rarely win by more than three points. Um, you know, you got to see them beat the Dolphins pretty comfortably by, I think, six points. But the last time they won by three or more was week four against the Texans. So they're, they're a team that rarely, you know, cover, covers minus three. Hey, if if uh, if we like the, the Colts as kind of like a contrarian uh, play here, then maybe Zach Moss is the play after all. Oh, like it, it's yeah. gonna come back around, right? Everyone. Well, my my rankings for Colts running backs will be up and down from now until this game kicks off. Like, let's be real. Too. That's, yeah, last yeah, one. yeah. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, I think I think I mean, to be honest, I think all three of them are in play here. This Charger defense is not yep. not good against. Uh, but yeah. that's going to wrap it up for us. I uh, hope everyone has a happy and safe holiday for a more fantasy content from Sean and I. Be sure to check out our full player projections episode that is out right now over on the Action Network podcast channel. And we also got our fantasy preview episode right here on this channel. And there is the news and waivers episode of the Flex every Monday from Samantha Praviti, Mike Triplett, actionnetwork.com for all of our fantasy content player projections and betting content as well prop content all that good stuff fantasylabs.com for our dfs tools and models find us on twitter sean is at the underscore oddsmaker i'm at chris raybon and you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app again have a happy holiday and let's get this money Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.